Roads? Where we're going, we don't need roads. This is a podcast, Evan. Roads are irrelevant. It's a theme, Pat. Come on. Oh, right. We're going back in time. We sure are. Welcome to this archival episode of Repeater, coming to you all the way from December 2015. This was the third show we ever put on. That's wild. And you know what else is wild? The reason we haven't released this already is because we actually lost a recording of it. But lucky for you, it has finally been found. So let's dive on in. Our guest is the hilarious, brave, and dare I say, contagiously effervescent Caitlin Brodnick. She's a comedian, storyteller, writer, and public speaker whose book, Dangerous Boobies, is out now. Our musical guest is singer-songwriter Jen Wilson. She's based in New York City and kills it on this episode. Now it's time for the show. Thanks for being here. This is Repeater. Welcome to the stage, Caitlin Brodnick. Yes! You have so many cups. Hi, thanks for having me. Hi, everyone. Hello. Hello. Thank you for being here. Thank you. I'm, I live right next door, so <laughs> it's very easy. I was like, so do we. Really? Yeah. I Neighbor live, show. Oh, my God. I live like above the um, the creepy monuments. Oh, yeah. creepy store. Yeah. You're right here. Yeah, I'm right here. We live above the state farm. Oh, Let's <laughs> yeah. We should, like, so if you need insurance, you cable. We actually just got cable. Right, we have twelve channels. I just got rid of it. We're on a budget, so okay. You know, it's fun. We're living it up with wow. basic cable. Apparently, I'm, I'm interested. It's the first time we've had it, actually. What? I mean, it's going to change your life. Yeah. Um, for anyone unaware, Pat and I live together. So when I say we, I'm not like referring to. <laughs> I don't know someone else. Well, I'm referring you to Pat. You could always have a fifth. Could we have a third? We do have a third. Um, who I think is sleeping through this show right now. It happens. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He's been watching a lot of Homeland. Yeah. It's true. It's very true. Did you have cable. Yeah. Oh. And Hulu Plus. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, but the way we uh, the the way we like to start off just to to wet our whistles for this beautiful music uh, you know show is uh, we. Talk about one um, song or artist or album that we're currently listening to and currently digging. So, uh, yeah, Pat, what's uh, on your plate, man? Uh, I went through a week of Beastie Boys because that's the best. Uh, And then today I found a band called Fiddle, F-I-D-I-L, and it is a, uh, a fiddle trio, surprise, surprise, from Donegal, Ireland, Nice change of pace. <laughs> Works for the holidays. Uh, cool. Yeah. And they're delightful. So if you want tr- three fiddles, check out Fiddle. Wow. That's amazing. Um, uh, lately, I went through a phase because uh, I ended up working some event last month where uh, one of the, like the other attractions was Andrew WK marrying people uh, in like a Vegas style chapel. And so each night real people were married uh, by Andrew wow. WK, which is an honor, I would think. So uh, it was like a two day gig. And on the day in between or the day before the second night of it, I, um, I listened to his entire catalog which I've done before, but it's been a while. And I, I know like maybe Andrew WK is kind of a joke to a lot of people, but it's actually pretty like inspirational to listen to a lot of Andrew WK. 
because he's just like wants to live the best life possible and have fun all the time and like tell everyone he loves them. Um, nice. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like also very like anthemic and yeah. like you put your fist in the air as you do just it. Like my grandma. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think I love him. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's amazing. Uh, the one of the but one of the songs I think is one of my favorites is a song called "I Want Your Face," oh. uh, which is really it's just really great. Oh, um, I am into on my Pandora. It's not even like a real song. Um, it's, I, I don't even know what they're, who I'm great. I'm a great guest. Um, <laughs> I just go to Pandora. I do, it's like Christmas song, 1958. And then I just only like instrumentals. So it's the instrumental background music of all the Christmas movies. And I love it. I'm like, it's just like, as I'm walking around the house, like I just like love having background Christmas music as if I'm in my own Christmas movie. <laughs> um, and then before that, I'm, I've been a fan for like, 10 years for Joanna Newsom mm -hmm. and we went and saw her in concert. And it was just like, so amazing. I'm really love her. I didn't, I didn't like her at first. My husband loved her and I was like, um, fuck you. <laughs> like who's this like gorgeous nymph who plays a heart up that you love. Um, and then I started listening more and more and like actually listening to her words. And I, it's been like 10 years plus now that we're huge Joanna fans. <laughs> That's awesome. It's wonderful. We're really boring. Yeah. Yeah. No, she's cool. Um, yeah, I mean, like, she's cool. And who wouldn't want to be in their own Christmas movie? Oh, yeah. Right? I do. That's like a I, dream come true. This is a total tangent. I used to sing backup for all of the singers during Christmas in Washington. So they would sing. And this mm -hmm. is this is a national show. It was on TNT. So you'd have Usher, Brian McKnight, Christina Aguilera, Jessica Simpson, um, what like Billy Elliot, that little annoying kid, Rita McIntyre. <laughs> Chuck Berry and we sang their backup vocals as they sang to the president. Whoa. So I really felt like, like, so I actually, like when I sing the Christmas songs, I actually know the harmonies. I'm like, this Christmas. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know that all the alto parts. And so it's like, it's a little, I'm a little obsessed. Yeah. Yeah. You fill it out. Nicely, I really you know? fill it out. I fill it out. Yeah. That's great. Um, so you brought a song for yeah, us tonight, right? <laughs> that is, yeah. well, thank goodness. Yeah, thank God. Uh, what's the song that you it's brought us? It's One Thing by Amory. Okay. I love that song. I love it so much. Great. So it, it was funny because when you sent this to me, it did not ring any bells, like in my head at all. And I think I looked it up and sent it to Pat and you recognized it, right? Yeah, I recognized it. I didn't know, know it by name, but I listened to it and I'm like, oh yeah. This is a cool song. I love it. Yeah. It took me like three listens to realize I'd heard it before. Yeah. I think it was big in 2005. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 2005, 2006. Yeah. That sounds right. That's like a big um, but great. We're going to actually listen to a clip of it right now if we can. I want to tell you what it is. Oh, wait. Sounds so serious. Got me thinking just too much. I want to shut it out. But it's this one thing that got me tripping. It's this one thing that got me tripping. Amazing. Thank so you, Cambry. Good. It's so good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's uh that song uh, makes you want to dance, apparently. Yeah, it does. Uh so uh why this song? 
It was junior year of college, and I think it was made famous by the movie Hitch. Mm-hmm. Um, True. <laughs> a romantic classic. It was and, the uh, the only single off of that soundtrack yeah. somehow. Uh, well, it was great. Um, <laughs> and I just moved in. So I was always like very a very nervous. No, okay. Let me start again. I was a sexy baby. <laughs> like I, I swear to God, I came out of my mom and I was like very sexual. And I just was like, I figured out like what sex was very young. And I understood it like seduction. And I thought those were the most interesting women. And I would like, there's stories of me being like two and three and like shoulder rolling to like old, like 25 year old men. And I'd be like, hello. And they're like, Katie likes you. She's flirting with you. And I would, I would flirt really hard. So my parents were like, oh shit, like this girl's going to get us in so much trouble and get herself in trouble. (laughs) We have to like teach her that's not okay. So I was their firstborn. They didn't know anything. Um, And they were like, you know, Caitlin, my dad's this me, Caitlin, men only want one thing. And I was like, what is it? And then he didn't tell me what that was. <laughs> and then, like, it, like, I grew up in, like, the late 80s, and it was like, kidnapping was a big deal. So, like, my parents just, like, scared the shit out of me for years. And, like, I got no, like, that sexy baby died so fast. And I was, like, so nervous. And then got, like, I wish I had been, felt a little more sexy. I mean, to know that I'm going to be like a young woman who critiques my body constantly, like that was such a fun, pure, ridiculously inappropriate time that like I wish could have lasted. Um, But so I, yeah, I like, so I didn't, I was like afraid of boys and I was so nervous. This one boy I liked from like my Unitarian church, like my dad was in the same room and I was like, I'm going to vomit my dad seeing him. Like I, I really developed a weird disorder, I guess. Um, And then, and then I turned into middle school and then I was just like a geeky, zitty, you know, a lot of feelings, drama girl. Um, And then I didn't have my first kiss until I was 18 and then went to college and was a virgin and was really nervous and would only kiss boys, would only let them touch my back. They weren't allowed to touch my boobs. (laughs) Cause I was like really classy, but I would like lick them all over. Um, And (laughs) you gotta have your priorities. Um, And so then I went to London my junior year. And right before I went to London, I like broke up with all of these friends and these friends were mean friends. I don't know if anybody's had this, but you get with a group of friends, they seem really fun. And then they're the mean people. (laughs) And um, my husband was actually in at the same college in the same program. And we weren't friends and we didn't hang out because he was like, you were friends with the meanest assholes. I was like, I know they had like great weed and like they hosted really fun parties. And I just like wanted to be a part of it. Um, and so we broke up and I went to London and made out with like 15 people all like, it was like, it was like a coming of age. Like the sexy baby was back. I felt, <laughs> I felt amazing. I just like had to get the hell out of this country. And I came back and started my second semester of my junior year. I lived in an apartment by myself. I had cable, um, <laughs> And the BET was constantly running and this song was playing and I was like, I'm a woman. (laughs) So good. And like she dances in her underwear and her Mm -hmm. lingerie is Mm -hmm. so pretty in the music video. It's like the prettiest lingerie. And when I was, when I was a sexy baby, as a baby, I really wanted lingerie. I remember I was like, <laughs> I was a little older. I was like six and we were in a, sh- we were shopping and I was like, mom, I want this. And she's like, Keelan, that's disgusting. And <laughs> no, you can't have that. And I just like burst into tears. Cause it was like, but it was beautiful. It was like, it was like artistically done, like yellow lace. And she's, I think wearing a yellow lace um, uh, lingerie in the video. And then she has a drum circle. And it's just, I just remember being by myself 
coming back, like having no friends in America, <laughs> but like starting again, knowing that I was sexy again, I kissed all these British people. Like word got back to my theater program that like Kayla Brown had kissed a bunch of guys. <laughs> <laughs> so she's ready to do some more. Um, and I, and I just like felt so alive. And this song like kept going. And that year I also lost my virginity finally. <laughs> To like a very confused, weird, we don't, maybe gay, we're not sure. Um, but <laughs> it didn't really matter. Like, it didn't really matter. Like, I was living it up. Like, and then, um, and with a funny part of the story is that my husband was at school the entire time. And then after he graduated, we met. <laughs> and um, I was like, oh my God, you're like, what's up? And um, this was my ringtone for probably like 12 years. <laughs> a very long time. <laughs> so that's wow. a lot of it. Yeah. That's a story. That's a story. I love it. I love it. Uh, did you know, uh, so... Uh, this like charted on the ringtone charts. Yeah, this song. It, it, I had it. Yeah. Yeah, that's. It I didn't was, know was, that was a chart, yeah. but you had told me that in your email that you're like, yeah, this used to be my ringtone, and then I read that and I'm like, that's insane. Yeah, and it was so easy because you just want that ba da ba da ba ba, that ba da ba da ba, and like yeah. that was its own little ringtone, and I was like so excited. I was like, there are other smart people out there who know the beginning of the song. It's like a perfect little ringtone. Yeah. I killed it. I loved yeah, it. Yeah, I think it registered platinum. Yeah, like the single and the ringtone went platinum. Yeah, yeah, and like you talk about it, everyone's like, "Oh, great song!" But like it played in my wedding. Like it's like <laughs> this is like me. And like when I first met my husband, it was still my ringtone, and he was like, "Oh, that's the shit." And um, the oh, I'm missing. It, it's a, it's also a sample from this really great band that's constantly sampled in hip hop. The Meters. Yes. It's a sample of their song "Oh Calcutta" from yes. 1970. Thank you. I was looking at that today. Um, but yeah, the meters are amazing. So, but it's just so much better. I love it so much. Uh, yeah. What do you get when you have a platinum ringtone? Do you get like a little cell phone that like goes in a frame on your wall, yeah. like a little silver it's guy? Like platinum star tag. It's actually like yeah. a mirror and an award. Yeah, you can <laughs> check yourself like, out. When you go up in it. Platinum ringtone. Um, cool. So this song was like really like, it kind of almost like, uh, encapsulated that that moment yeah, of that like you kind of get in there and that turn of like being like it's okay to be sexy so oh, long story um <laughs> so I used to um I I was just like as women you know you go into the world and you're immediately sexualized right away and you're overly sexualized and men make comments at you and women tell you your boobs are great or they're too big or they're too small and you see all this stuff so I also as I was growing up was not comfortable with that rush of sexuality mm -hmm. and so I really hid from it and I would sort of like wear lots of coats and scarves and like I just sort of bundled up um I also like developed really early and I remember my aunt being like it's a blessing show those off they're so high and perky and I was like um I'm gonna get raped like that's like all I could think about as a kid like I was very nervous well, I was, your, like, your parents sort of like scared you yeah, into feeling that way yeah, right it was, like just like A to B <laughs> um and I was really nervous so I I remember just like not being comfortable being sexy and then there was something about being in London where I was like fuck it I'm never gonna meet these guys again they can think I'm a slut and I won't let them touch my boobs <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> oh, the hallmark of a slut. Yeah. She won't let me touch her boobs. So funny. I kissed two boys in one night. I kissed one guy named Rat Kicker after he <laughs> after he kicked the rat. It was like a romantic gesture. Okay. It wasn't like it wasn't like embroidered on his leather jacket or anything. No, no, no. He kicked that rat to save me, and I was like, oh, oh. you're making out with me tonight. <laughs> I did an upside down kiss. I kissed a guy that then ended up being like super creepy and wanted me to live with him in um 
in in uh, you know upstate no upstate um upstate. northern England up country <laughs> up country England and we'll live on upstate upstate, in, upstate England, England. Yeah, yeah. Come live with me and my mum I was like that's gross <laughs> that's gross <laughs> yeah um terrifying yeah but that's really I mean that's cool so, right yeah, those so songs I- like stick. Like those songs are interesting because like turning point songs. Yes. Cause the thing that um like I've noticed I think with turning point songs is sometimes like they keep turning points, like or like they keep oh, yeah. finding significance even though they're kind of tied to a particular moment in time. Yeah, when this played at my wedding, it was like everybody started cracking up because they knew this was like my shit. And <laughs> my husband and I started dancing. I think they played it right when we did the cake and my husband and I just smashed the shit out of each other because we're <laughs> idiots. And we got cake everywhere. Like I got it on my nose, like in my eyes. And the wedding coordinator that was helping us was like so grossed out. And she's like, you guys are animals. And like, <laughs> we like just fought each other really hard. Um, and then they, and then we were going to go wash our faces and they played the song. We we're like, we got to dance with cake on our nose. This is the song. And like, I just, uh, yeah. It's my fave. So wow. is this just like a song that you stumbled upon or was it like recommended to you? Or? No, I think I saw the movie Hitch. I stumbled upon it in Hitch. Um, I did like the end of Hitch. Um, there's also a Stevie Wonder song, um, If You Really Love Me. is hmm. I'm We're big Stevie Wonder fans. I grew up like dancing to Stevie Wonder my whole life. And like my dad would help, like when my brother was a baby, he wouldn't fall asleep. So he'd like rock him to sleep to the Stevie Wonder's uh, albums. And so that song, I was like, that's amazing. And then I remember, so that made me feel happy. And then I remember hearing that song, like, that's so cool. And then the music video came out and it just like all hit at one time. And, And I think I was in England when it was starting to get popular. So I wasn't bored with it at all. Um, and then when I came back and it only played on BET constantly, it was like a dream come true. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah, you nailed it like right at the perfect time of perfect. oversaturation, yes. but the right amount of saturation it's for perfect. you. Perfect. Right, because what ha- I think what happened with that song was the studio kept trying to get her to go back and like oh, add she never- <laughs> more and more and more like horns and make it bigger and like, oh. like because it's just that one sample from the meter song. Yeah, and it's it's almost like it's 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 like even a tiny sliver it's of like it. Like a 10-second mm-hmm. sliver yeah, it's not or whatever. That long, yeah. But the studio and she added horns on the meter sample too. Right, but the studio wanted her to just go back and they're like it's it's not enough. You need to like mm-hmm. really really up it. Mm-hmm. And so finally she just I think her and her producer just took it to some stations and they mm-hmm. leaked it. And so then the radio station started playing it and playing it and it's then the so studio was like, "Hey, that please don't we didn't let you do that oh but like it was so like everybody was reacting to it so well that the stations were like no we're not gonna do that because this song is great like this yeah it's great it's so great and then um i know what i was gonna say keep talking i forgot (laughs) (laughs) um yeah that's like a really like shady thing for a a producer it was her producer leaked it to the radio stations and to get it like enough momentum so that it couldn't be pulled essentially right that's nice I assume That's this was very like very smart. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean shitty, but like very smart. <laughs> well, yeah, we're not like worried about being shitty to Columbia Records. Because <laughs> they're shitty yeah. to everyone that they they've ever the paid. Money, yeah. We're not paid. Yeah. I um I also just like I really liked her. I think she's so gorgeous. Like mm-hmm. I think she's so beautiful. I was like ready for her to be the next Aaliyah or like this big huge sensation because I was such a big fan. <laughs> and it just didn't happen. And the other songs on her album were fine, but like it, that horn beat, like it, it it was also like she's like a fun singer, but Mm-hmm. though that that like song and those beats lived on their own whereas like she 
it's not like she came with an album that had all of that really fun influence and that really fun, yeah. like bands, uh, band mentality, fun drum line, you know? Um, so the rest of the album was like, well, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, she never seemed to really like get much more steam after and that. Like, and she was so pretty, like she was so pretty. She had she it could. all. She had it all. <laughs> she had it all. She had it all. She just needed to keep those drums wherever she went. <laughs> she was like walking down the street. <laughs> oh, so great. Um, okay, so yeah, that's very interesting. So going back to your your childhood, then yeah, right. So this this is very interesting. So you were like this incredibly flirtatious, seductive <laughs> yes. baby, yeah. um, or top. I like had a kid, it going right? on. Yeah. Um, now is this like mostly? Do you remember this, or is this mostly from other people telling you like well, your I behavior remember, as a kid? Like my obsession and like my fascination with these, with like set, like sort of the Marilyn Monroe and like that. Will Roger Rabbit had come out, and that like those caricatures of like women that were just so just all like curves and not really they didn't have a spine really. <laughs> They're just like these like wobbly, sexy women. Um, and I remember thinking like, that's fascinating. And then I have been told since that like, I used to flirt with everyone who came in. And I know for a fact, cause I remember I would fight with my mother. I was like four or five um, to wear bikinis. Mm-hmm. I wanted to wear bikinis only um, <laughs> and patent leather shoes. Like they were my Christmas shoes. Um, and I, but I wanted to wear bikinis and like basically bikinis and high heels only. And when she would leave the house and my grandma was babysitting me I would run immediately to like my summer clothing that was like put under my bed in like a ziploc whip them out and be like I'm ready to go (laughs) and my grandmother and I would play all day and I would just be in a bikini all day and then she would when my mom came home I'd get in so much trouble because like I never I didn't understand time but I understood how to be sexy um and I just remember like that was it. And like, I don't even think, I don't even think like I wanted to have sex with people, but I just was like that like positive energy of like loving your body and being like, just like let it all be. And like clothes are restrictive. Like I was, I was like a very like hippie-ish, sexy, porny baby. Yeah. (laughs) You know, you know, like you do. (laughs) Well, that does feel like one of those really like, you know, natural things like yeah. like enjoying your body not worrying yeah. about right. what, how you sound or look or right. like any of that type of stuff that gets like torn away from you by middle yeah. school and oh, ripped out. <laughs> often even earlier you know yeah and um, um, they were they were definitely concerned and i guess it was like not only just free but that like i really was attracted to like hot pink bikinis <laughs> like i liked hot pink and glitter like i like think stripper costumes were like the most interesting costumes mm-hmm. or like women from the circus <laughs> i still remember <laughs> like i had like an old like catalog those like stupid catalogs you used to get as kids where you got like a million things and it was right. all you know like a doctor for your dog and like a million toolboxes and I was like I need a toolbox for my dog um so one was like a circus act and it was like this like really like flirty low cut it looked like an ice skaters outfit mm-hmm. and I was like really into the ice skaters and I love the idea that you could wear a leotard that was skin colored so it looks like it was naked but <laughs> not naked I was like that's genius <laughs> I was like that is the best idea ever like I like thought you'd be like fucking with everyone everywhere you walk <laughs> I thought it was the smartest thing ever I was like oh my god um and when Britney came out with that nude outfit with the glitter mm-hmm. years right. later I was like I love it <laughs> like, <laughs> in my heart I was like I still love it like if, if somebody gifted me I haven't been able to buy them for myself nude uh stockings with sparkles on them or gems I'd like marry you <laughs> um I love it I love all that so I remember that like I would, I circled that in the catalog and my mom had a big surprise for me for my birthday. 
and she took me for horseback riding lessons. <laughs> I was like, I thought it was a sexy outfit. Like, I like, really <laughs> did not. I was very disappointed. And yeah, I also am afraid of horses, but <laughs> besides Oh, that. man. That's a really, like, <laughs> yeah. not the right gift no. to get you. Well, you have to experiment. You have to. She's yeah. scared to death of a horse. Yeah, man. So, so you were like, this, this sounds like you're paying yourself as like this really like outgoing little Very kid, outgoing, right? Yeah. Um, but with your parents maybe there to like be checking that. But you, so you did though become a performer like as a child, yeah. right? So I what did. was that? Like, um, did you do theater? You mm-hmm, sang? Mm-hmm. What did you do growing up? Well, there's video of me as a kid dancing with my sister. Oh, it's another sexy video. And I have, I'm wearing one of my dad's big shirts and it's like, you know, it's one of his old t-shirts, but it goes off the shoulder. And I was doing this the whole time, like rolling that shoulder back and it was dancing to Michael Jackson and I'm swaying and, and I'm five years old and my sister comes in the camera. I have a younger sister and I flat out push her away <laughs> and then you know she cries so I have to like be a nice sister so I'm like okay so then you see me like shoulder rolling slowly and then I just kind of like surpass her and get in front of the camera <laughs> and like move my shoulder over her and I'm like still I mean five years old just sexy as hell um and then so I my sister was born um and she almost died when she was born and so it was a really traumatic experience for my whole family and I was thinking of that today because I'm a nanny a lot now. Um, and I was watching this little boy who's frustrated because anytime his sister cries, we all run to her because she's the little baby that was just born. Um, and I was thinking, like, I must have just gone through it as a kid because my sister almost died. She was the main focus. Everybody was worried about her. And I was like, I am fine. <laughs> and I'm, like, funny and crazy. And <laughs> so I definitely think that shaped me that I, like, wanted that attention. And mm-hmm. I was really good with rhythm. I could definitely dance. And I could make people laugh. And so any chance I get, every single family dinner would end with me doing a performance. <laughs> it's just <laughs> like, it's what you got. <laughs> if you come to the Broadnecks, Katie's dancing for you. <laughs> um, and so that was just always... How it wasn't, and it came really naturally to me and really easy. And I felt like very talented as a young kid, mm-hmm. which I think is really nice. I think we try to do that with our kids too. I do. I know I do it with the kids I nanny for. Like if they like dinosaurs, I'm like, oh my God, you're going to be an archaeologist when you archaeologist when you grow up. Like I'm, I'm excited for them. We're all trying to like pigeonhole where these kids are. Except um, for me, everyone kept saying as I was, when I was little, you know, it's a really hard career path <laughs> to be a performer. And I was like, <laughs> what? Like, you're like, you were saying like John can be an astronaut, but I'm telling you like I want to sing and dance. And they were like, "You should have something to fall back on." <laughs> like it was so fucking annoying. Um, so I know I remember wanting to be an actress from very little, and then when I was like in fifth grade, I sort of put it together that you could get paid to do that as a job. Job. I was I was a little old. I was fifth grade. Um, and uh, I was like, "Oh shit, this is what I'm doing. This is what mm-hmm. I'm definitely doing." Um, and then it just sort of like moved and edged and crafted into being what I'm doing now, which yeah. is stand-up comedy. Yeah. 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 Cause you do, you do stand-up now, you do storytelling, right? Yep. And you're also a writer. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, you're working on a book. Ooh. Really, really hard. Uh, this is totally crazy tangent. I never thought I was, this is like sad. I never thought I was smart enough to write a book. And then I was asked to write a book and I was like, um, I'm kind of a talker. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so now I'm writing a book and it's very fun. And I understand why writers go crazy because it <laughs> makes you crazy. Um, but yeah, it's totally, it's totally different. But at the same time, like I still, at the end of the day, love glitter and hot pink and it, <laughs> the exact same five-year-old <laughs> and I love shoulder rolls. I just, love them. yeah. I love them. It was funny because I was almost imagining 
that you were going to tell us that, you know, like, oh, my parents were really maybe worried about my sexuality or my sensuality like this little kid. But then they were like super supportive of me being a performer. No. But they were even like, no, that was even like, tough for you to like break through. too much for them. <laughs> they, were like, they were like, look, we're comfortable with the daughter who almost died. She's like pretty like chill, regular. And I was just, I was every piece of furniture I would stand on. Like I just, I wanted to perform. And I, I remember my parents just being like, oh my God, she's insane. Like she's too much. And like, I wasn't certifiably insane. Like I'm a little dyslexic, but like there wasn't anything to like, they couldn't like put me on meds or anything, but I was just an excited girl who loved loved entertaining loved the attention um and my bubby and poppy my grandma and grandpa growing up adored me so much they really catered to that crazy side and um they babysat me twice a week and so Mm -hmm. that was like when the shoes like it all came off like I was like on it and they would let me perform for hours for them (laughs) they were like all right let her do you know they just loved me to death I was their you know little only grand you know first granddaughter and um the closest that would probably be like she hoped being the most Jewish like (laughs) we were like in a mixed family so she was like I'm gonna make this one a Jewish one um and so she I just my bubby and I were so close and they just adored that and mm-hmm. and I think there's at that level that only grandparents can do where they're just like fuck it I'm old do whatever the fuck you want you know life just gets harder so where your parents are like trying to make sure you right. get into the right college your grandparents don't care um and they just like let that side flourish yeah they don't have to deal with you on like the day-to-day when it's no. like every single day you're on top of a table on, or something uh, I mean every day yeah um mm-hmm. and um I also was a big fan of brownie batter those were like the memories I had. <laughs> it was like eating brownie batter not wanting to cook it and dancing singing your heart out yeah, dancing just like living it up I can't <laughs> I cannot wait to meet my kids they're gonna be so insane or they're gonna be the most boring kids and I have to like learn to, I have to like learn to love them <laughs> my, I'll go to therapy it'll be fine so were you like preparing your own shows or were you just eating that brownie butter and going for it preparing my own shows no like yeah. I had I was like a very strict um, dancer. And so during Thanksgiving, like we would all go upstairs. This was late 80s and we would change into my um, aunt's and my mom's workout gear, which was like the neon uh, sports bras. And then it would be like those thong and um, like gym shorts. If you think of like Saved by the Bell when they like all did the workout Mm -hmm. session, it was like that. And so we, the parents loved it because they could get drunk and chat as long as they wanted. (laughs) And we would all be in the basement and we'd be choreographing and I'd be the lead dancer and then everybody else could do whatever they wanted. <laughs> but like <laughs> a good like a good choreographer. Like a really choreographer. Yeah. Really nailing it. Like what's important point. is that I'm in the front and then um David, you do lights. My cousin David was like not not happy <laughs> to be there. David. Um cousin David, you do lights. And then my sister and my cousin, like they probably came up with some really nice sweet routines <laughs> in the back, but I was not concerned. I was like, you do you. <laughs> I'm gonna focus on the win. So, um, so, and then we were performing everybody. We would like, we would stop dessert, stop coffee. They'd have to come into the living room and we do it and sing and just do it all. Yeah. Yeah. Pat, did you have anything like that growing up? <laughs> Song and dance in my living room? Yeah. Well, cause like I, you know, being like surrounded by a lot of performers or like comedian types, it's like, I feel like I hear this kind of story somewhat frequently of like, yeah. someone's like, Oh, we use me and my brothers and sisters and me and my cousins are right. used to put on shows yeah. for our family. And I can't think of like something I, I would have never done that growing up. So you were like a writer kid. I don't know. I watched TV. Like, I just like <laughs> sat around and like watched television I feel like and like, like those creative kids that 
didn't do anything. That think about it and they're very heady and they're very smart. Right. And they can see it happening and they don't want to necessarily get up. And I still think yeah. those people exist today. I, dr- I definitely right. dreamed about it. Like, yeah, or like, like that appealed to me. Yeah. Like that idea of like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if everyone like thought I was a performer? Yeah. But I'm not a performer. Well, so I go back to. behind it. I feel like I guess so. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But you, yeah, we all want that glory. Because I had uh, two of my cousins, they would get together and like choreograph and whatever. But I was the same age and they're like, you got to come in here and watch us dance. I was like, I don't You were cousin care. David. Yeah, oh you're cousin David. <laughs> Did the light. There's always Sorry, a cousin man. David. <laughs> There's always a cousin David. Um, but, no, that's great. And is it, so is it just your sis- you and your sister? No. And then when I was 10 years old, my brother was born oh. and it was the most amazing thing because I love babies and he's so cool. And then The Lion King came out the year after. (laughs) And so we danced to The Lion King for years. And, like, when you have a new baby in your house and you're 10, you get to be, like, extra young. Like, you get to, like, relive. Like, I got to watch tons of Winnie the Pooh, the Power Rangers, like, things like I couldn't do at school. Mm -hmm. I was, like, rocking out to, like, I just can't wait to be king. And, like, I was, like, singing. That's from The Lion King. Um, by Voiced by Jonathan Taylor Thomas. And um, I just remember. Singing too? Huh? Did he do the singing as well? I don't know, but he probably could pull it off. I would be impressed. Like he's a Let's talented little us. kid. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so we had a we had a new house, and so we had a coffee table, and we would blast it on the radio on the huge speaker that my dad got, and just go around in the circle like we were in the movie for hours, just for hours. And I was way too old to be doing this, but <laughs> it's okay because like we did it for my brother. Right. <laughs> like Connor needed it. Was there a point? I guess he would have been one. Yeah. Were you guys like hoisting him up? We were hoisting him. And yeah. then, I mean, it kept going until he was like five. So it was like into, <laughs> I was like 15. He was, I, he was getting <laughs> hoisted. Like yeah, by that yeah. time he's like, guys, please yeah. stop I hoisting me. I know the choreography. Me. Okay. Yeah. So we did it a long what time. What does he think of the Lion King now? Um, I don't, I think he, it's so funny. Like, I think he thinks he just, he remembers us like having to dance all the time. And I, I, I was babysitting the kid today that now likes The Lion King. And I was like, oh my God, we can talk. <laughs> um, and I knew every single word. Like I knew every single word. I could sing along from just nowhere. Like I, I hadn't even prepped. I haven't even glanced at the cover. And I was like, got it. And like, I'm singing <laughs> it to sleep. Yeah, I knew the whole thing. It was insane. What are your, um, are either of your siblings performers? Well... Yes. So my brother is a great, great, great musician. And he's like a hardcore, cool person (laughs) and a cool musician. He's a poet. He's a writer. He like his poetry has been featured all. He goes to Tulane. He's graduating this year. And like his poetries are featured all over these like specific journals. And he's insanely talented. And my sister, I always feel guilty because I definitely like never let her perform when we were kids. (laughs) So she did like a little bit of performing. She was in like one play. But I don't think she felt very comfortable. She really loves to be like prepping and preparing for the show. Mm-hmm. So she now works. She's worked. Um, she used to be. I was there first, but then she became the Josh Gad's personal assistant, who's Josh Ooh. in Frozen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the yeah. snowman. I was working for them first, and then she came to New York City and needed a job, and then she just fit with them and moved to LA with them, oh. and was working in pre-production stuff with movies, and now is working in casting. So. Very cool. And she will have plenty of money. (laughs) Unlike me. (laughs) So like, despite your parents' best efforts, they ended up with like three cool artistic kids. Yeah. Like Like, it's like you all went that way somehow. So, and well, the thing is my aunt, my dad's uh, sister who since passed away, she was a 
she was an actress who never made it. And Mm. she was always like, do it for me. (laughs) (laughs) We were like, um, okay. And, um, and also like when my brother, I didn't realize like how much my brother was into music because I was in college when he was in high school and I mean, middle school to high school. And so I all of a sudden turned around after I graduated college and they're like, oh yeah, Connor's playing these huge venues in DC, like Mm. the 930 club. And like, he's doing, Mm -hmm. yeah, all these like great things. And he's in three bands at once. And he's like, it's, it's amazing. And he sings and writes and plays music. Like I didn't even realize this came out of it, but my parents really want him to be a writer and they really want him to go. Like, he also loves monkeys. He's really into, that's not like the formal term. They're called something else, but like (laughs) the evolution of monkeys. He's very interested. In. I don't I sound like such an asshole, but I don't know what they're. No, I love that. marsupials. Yeah, yeah, the, those aren't actually monkeys. I know Connor. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, so yeah, so he wants to go to some like trip and, and study them in the rainforest. My parents are so excited, but I know he's really going to tour with his band. Yeah. <laughs> like that's an option. We know it's not going to happen. They just want to like get him out of that van. They and want put him, him in a rainforest or yeah. something he in a did, different van. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. He um, performed one show in New York City at this like club on the Lower East Side, a super cool club, and nobody came. And it was just me and two foreign German guys who loved it. Um, <laughs> and he was so embarrassed, but I was so proud. I was like, performing for nobody in New York City is like a big deal. Like, <laughs> the amount of times I've done that is just such a hallmark of like a notch in your belt that's a really big deal. And you just go like, and the whole thing, like setting up for the show, nobody's there. You're like, people will come, people will come. Doing the show, singing just to your sister, your older sister, who's dancing really loud. Um <laughs> <laughs> And then they have to like pack up and they get in their van and they drive back to Maryland. And I just was so like excited for him because I'm like, that's grit. Like that's the real stuff. And performing for nobody in New York City is still better, I think, than performing in most places because it's just, it's my favorite. It's just, it, it eats you up and it doesn't give a shit. And, um, and so he's gonna, he's probably going to come back in the summer. But I was so proud of him. And he was so embarrassed. He's mm-hmm. like, I can't believe it. Like, we have more people. And like, he has his college kids that like love him. But I was like, no, I love this. This is, I was really glad to be at this moment yeah. <laughs> when no one's there. That's good big sistering. Yeah. You yeah. know. And like, cool. you get that, you know, you're a performer. And yeah. it's like, yeah, like you said. And I'm glad I was one, the one person yes. in the audience. Like, he kept saying, oh, you don't have to come. It's in the Lower East Side. It's kind of far away. And I like, wasn't feeling well. I'm also like in my free time, if I can be a hermit, I'm like really into being a hermit. Like I'm, it's my favorite thing to just stay at home. So I was like, no, I'm going to do it. And it was so worth it. It was one of the highlights of me seeing him perform. And he hates that moment. He, like wants, <laughs> he wants to erase it, but it was such a big deal for me. Where are you guys from originally? We're from Maryland. Maryland. Okay. Um, Bethesda, Maryland. And I hated it growing up. I hated it so hard because it wasn't New York City. Because when you go to downtown Bethesda, it's like trying to act like a cool Bethesda. And like everyone in DC is like so fucking smart. And like <laughs> there's all these like medical people and political people. And I was like, no, this doesn't count. <laughs> this is not New York City. <laughs> like, I don't know who you guys are fucking with here, but I know what's up. You were familiar with New York City? Yeah, I like figured it out really child. quickly. And then was like, why, why aren't we living there? Like that's where huh. dreams are made. Like this is, this is a waste of time. I wanted to join, I wanted to leave school so many times, like crying. And these would be like epic episodes of me crying with my mom, wanting to leave for the theater. <laughs> no one even was casting me, but I was like, I gotta go. I just gotta get out there. Yeah. Like tears and tears. And she like made me go through school and never let me leave. Do you remember your first time coming to New York? <sighs> Do I? Or one of them? One of the times, 
So one of the big deals when I came to New York was when I was going to move here, but my husband, we were dating at the time, had moved here first. Mm -hmm. And we were dating and I told him like, look, I don't like need anything special either. Like I'm super chill. Like I'm a girl that doesn't need commitments. (laughs) (laughs) I was lying. Um, (laughs) I like love settling down and I can't wait to have babies. So, but I was like, whatever, like, I'm like, cool. I'm cool, cool, cool. Um, so we were like aim instant chatting and, um, he came up here and I came up to visit him just to be like a cool, chill girl who visited him. Um, but we also talked every day for an hour and like <laughs> I hadn't really dated. I only had that one weird gay guy kind of relationship. Um, and so this was like my first thing where I was like, oh my God, I like love this person. So I came up to New York City, but beforehand I was with my friend who was like an older, she was like 32 and I was 22. So she was like much older and I was like, she's experienced. So we got wasted the night before. <laughs> and like woke up almost missed our bus and I arrived to New York City like sweaty disgusting like nothing that I had planned out I was Mm -hmm. like I'm gonna show him I'm like an easygoing chill girl that like is just a fun girlfriend like can come in for a weekend and then peace and I got here and just like burst into tears (laughs) and like was so disgusting and he told me he didn't want to be my boyfriend I was like this is terrible and just cried like the whole weekend and it was the worst and we were just in Brooklyn um and then, like, somehow he fell in love with me. Um, but, uh, <laughs> and I remember coming home. Like, I even bought a special top from Forever 21. Cheap, but special. special. It was special. <laughs> it was a good deal. Sure, um, sure, sure. And gave it to my friend when I was drunk. I was like, you know what? You should wear it. You look beautiful. <laughs> and, like, wore one of her fuzzy Angora pink sweaters, which is, like, mm-hmm. not flattering on anybody. Nobody should wear fuzzy Angora. Well, you know, um, and I like switched like in the middle, like in the middle of the night with her. And then I was like, what am I doing? Like, I just like ruined the entire trip. Um, but we're married. <laughs> so, so how, wait, so how did he fall in love with you? Like if that, yeah, if that, yeah, if, right? if that tr- truly <laughs> was like a breakdown, Hey, I'm not interested. Kind of like weekend. Oh no. He said, well, he's like really interested you guys. <laughs> Like Alan says that, but it's like, you can't listen to him. Um, (laughs) He, so he moved to New York city and it was that thing of like, I got to go with my best friend and I've always wanted to go. And we both grew up in Maryland in different parts of Maryland. And so we graduated senior year and a month or two after we graduated, we finally met because we had a mutual friend in Maryland who was like, Hey, you guys should, let's all hang out. And Alan and I, I like met him right away. And I was like, Oh fuck. Like you were the coolest human I've ever met. Like I just need to be in your life. Like, we, you don't have to like me. You don't have to do me. I just need to be around you. Like, I just be like one of those fish that sits on the whale. Like, I just, I want to be near you. Um, and then he moved like a couple months later to New York and wanted to like live it up. And I was like, I have a feeling, because I, I spent a semester in New York um, in school and it was terrible. <laughs> it was like a very bad experience. Uh, we lived on, we were in like student housing at the New Yorker Hotel mm. on 8th and 34th. Mm-hmm. Like when it, you know, know, still was shitty. And like, there was just like tons of porn shops and like people vomiting on you all the time. I was constantly drunk. So I was vomiting on you all the time. (laughs) It wasn't like a very, it wasn't a very pretty place. Um, so I was like, I have a feeling it's going to suck. Like he's going to go to New York and he's going to try and be this like machismo guy. And he's just going to want the girl that like loves hearing everything he has to say at the end of the day and loves him and wants to talk to him. So I was like, we're just going to keep talking. So we, it started with like me, like aiming a bunch, but I was so slow on my aim chats because I'm dyslexic and I'm a bad speller. This is before Firefox had the little red lines under your. (laughs) So I would open up a word document and type out my response and then copy and paste it onto the aim chat with him because I was so nervous. So we, we, and we ended up talking for like 
one to two hours every night. And I thought, I still didn't know if he liked me because I liked him so much that I was like, am I just forcing this? And then later he was like, no, I clearly liked you. Like no man sits on the phone, leaves his friends and talks for two hours to some girl. And I was like, oh, (laughs) I'm so glad. Um, So he like still didn't want like that commitment. Like he didn't want the pressure of being a boyfriend Mm -hmm. to a girlfriend when he was just, I mean, he was selling comedy tickets in Times Square, like that, like very beginner job. And was going to equity auditions as a non-equity member sitting and just feeling like shit. So it just was not like a highlight for him. He was really going through a tough time. And um, I just remember thinking like, it's better with us. Like we're better. Like you can call me like we're like, let's just be better together. Um, And then I made a trip, like one of the most amazing trips, I was going to India with my family and he thought I was going to die of dysentery and I thought I was going to die in a plane crash. So like all sort of things like came together and he was like, you know what? You are my girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) You just have to go to India, guys. It works. It works. And then when I was in India, I spent so much money on long distance calls mm-hmm. and wrote him like six page emails, like printed emails. And while my mom and my friend and her friend Joyce were like old ladies getting drunk in the corner, I'd be like in the business center in India as the <laughs> lights keep coming on and off. Like in India, the power goes off and they're like, whatever, it's India. <laughs> um, and so I was just dealing with that, but I was still like, I would write him every day and it really, we really, it was, it was pretty romantic. We, we were saying that like we fell in love with each other's minds and brains and the way we thought faster than each other's bodies. And then when we hooked up, I was like, oh, and you're hot as hell. <laughs> like, I love this dig. Um, but so, <laughs> that worked out. But like, it was actually really successful. And like, I don't, when girls ask me for advice, when they're like, you know, like, I don't know, I think I like this guy. I, all I say is I'm like, hunt him down. <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm <laughs> I give terrible advice. Like, I'm like, you keep calling until he realizes you're the only one in the world that cares about him and he'll never get that equity audition. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really like a terrible, but I just like, I saw him and I was like, oh my God, like this is it. And he loves me and he's like very loving. And and, like, as we like in our relationship, like I'm more relaxed and now he's more like, you know, it's it's just things like ebb and flow. But I think there's like a deep seat nervousness. Like I have when I really hate myself and I'm like, did I just like catfish him into marrying me? Like, did I just like make that happen? Then I'm going to become, anyway. And that's just like for therapy. <laughs> yeah, I locked that down. Good job. Great. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, congratulations. Thanks. Yeah, I was it's reading uh, one of those lyric meaning websites mm-hmm. about this song. And it's just funny how much of that, because it's the one thing that she's referring to is just that one thing with somebody that you sort of understand what's going on. Yeah. But the whole time you're like, yeah, I don't really know, but it's there. Yeah. And I, so I had that with Alan, with my husband yeah. too. I was like, I just loved his brain. Like I just like wanted, he just like thought differently than any other man I had known. And I was like, yeah, I'd also, so this is okay. <laughs> Let's get into details. I knew his ex-girlfriend during their breakup. I was friends Ooh. with them as they were breaking up in college, but I didn't know him. That was the thing. Like the entire ah. time in college, I was like, who is this guy? So I was such a good friend because I was like, <laughs> fuck that asshole. Like I talked <laughs> so much shit about him. And I was like, I don't give a fuck about him. I was like, he's a mama's boy. I just, I, you name it. I called him that name because I was like mm-hmm. a very good friend. <laughs> um, and then I met him and I was like, oh, that's why she went crazy <laughs> because he's pretty great. Like I, like he's pretty great. And um, then I, I like, we're not friends anymore, obviously. I had to, like, explain it to her and it did not go well. She hung up on me um she lives around Astoria still and sometimes I run into Ooh, her and I'm very uncomfortable I know lame. just gross um yeah. but I don't think I'm like a deviant person but I was like 
I, like I hadn't met him. And then I finally met him and I was like, oh, this is why she went crazy. He's so cool. And then I was like, I can't like him. And then I was like, let me make out with him and see. <laughs> um, and I was like, oh no, I'm, this is, I'm into this. So, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So don't ask me for any advice. <laughs> That is an interesting thing though. Like you're bringing up has, um, like the idea of like this, the one thing, the song is constructed in a way to be entirely vague enough for anyone to read into it. Yeah. Uh, it's like, she never says what the thing is. Yeah. So I mean, it could be his literal thing. Yeah. It could be his thing. Yeah. But it could just be like, his heart, his spirit, his wanderlust, the way he talks, his music, like, but so it's like, but that's like so much pop music, right? Yeah. It just means whatever you want it to right. Right. Yeah. Like Chingy's One Call Away. See, I think yeah. that's got to be about like someone's about to die and they only have one last no. call. That's not what it's about. <laughs> no, it's you not said Chingy, funny. right? Yeah, so yeah, I yeah, assumed yeah, that yeah. it was a really sentimental song about <laughs> the end of days. No, it was. It's a really sentimental about fucking, but it was like oh, so okay. nice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's that kind of call away. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got you. <laughs> Guess I should listen to more Chingy. Yeah. Um, Did I say right? Chingy? Ching- no, that's right. Yeah. Chingy. Yeah. I was you just, know. It's a great name. Emphasizing it. Good. Um, cool. Pat, how are we on time? I think we're good, right? Ladies and gentlemen, Genevieve Wilson. Hi. I actually didn't know I'd be up here by myself, so... I'm Jen. Uh, so, Caitlin, I really hope that I've done justice to this song. Uh, you spoke about how much it meant to you, so I hope I didn't ruin it for you. <laughs> But uh, I've taken out a lot of uh, what I can't do on a keyboard and I hope that what is left works. (laughs) There we go.
Is this one thing that's got me tripping? Is this one thing that's got me tripping? You did just one thing, and I was so with it. Is this one thing you did? Guys, thank you so much for coming out to Repeater. Uh, thank you to Caitlin Brodnick for being our guest. Uh, and Kelly for uh, hosting with me, of course. And uh, Jennifer's going to play us out with one more song. Does that sound good? So uh, thank you, and I'll give the floor back to you. All right. Uh, this is another cover. Um... Another cover. So, break even by the script. <laughs> I'm still alive, but I'm barely breathing. I just prayed to a God that I don't believe in. Cause I got time and she got freedom Cause when a heart breaks, no it don't break even They say bad things happen for a reason But those wise words won't stop the bleeding Cause she's moved on I'm still breathing Cause when a heart breaks No, it don't break even What am I supposed to do When the best part of me Was always you What am I supposed to say When I'm all choked up To your okay I'm falling to peace I'm falling to pieces Ooh. I'm still alive but I'm barely breathing Just pray to a God that I don't believe in Cause I got time and she got freedom Cause when a heart breaks, no it don't break even What am I supposed to do when the best part of me was always you? What am I supposed to say when I'm all choked up the you're okay? I'm falling to pieces I'm falling to pieces You got his heart and my heart and none of the pain You took your suitcase and I took the blame Now I'm trying to make sense of what little remains you left with no love and honor to my 
I'm still alive, but I'm barely breathing. I just pray to a God that I don't believe in. Cause I got time and she got freedom. Cause when a heart breaks, you know it don't break even. to say when I'm all choked up that you're okay yeah. I'm falling to pieces I'm falling to pieces I'm falling to pieces I'm falling to pieces Caitlin is the best. If you're in NYC, you can see her perform regularly at the UCB Theater and at various comedy and storytelling shows all over the city. If you're the literary type, check out her book, Dangerous Boobies, Breaking Up With My Time Bomb Breasts. It's a must-read for anyone who's ever been affected by breast cancer. And hint, that's most of us. Can we give it up for Jen Wilson? Jen is a New Yorker by way of Australia. You can keep up with her on Twitter at JenJenWilson. That's Jen with a G. She doesn't have any music online right now, so you should consider yourselves lucky to hear her beautiful voice. Thanks to Caitlin and Jen for joining us on this episode. It was a very good time and a wake-up call for me personally that I need to get a cooler ringtone. Totally. This was a real blast. And, you know, we're sorry that we made you wait almost two years for this incredible gift. But you can consider it an early Christmas present. Until next time, hit repeat. Evan. Put a festive shirt on. Repeater is hosted by Evan Forbarden and Patrick Cartelli at QED in Astoria, Queens, a place to show and tell. Find out more at qedastoria.com. Our show is supported in part by Hi-Fi Records and Cafe in Astoria. Visit them from wherever you are at hi-fi-records.com. Editing by Stephen Garvey. Theme music by the Sun Lions. Everything else by Love Nest Productions. Welcome to Repeater. <laughs>